are listening to episode 184 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things shades. My name is Jomar Drow, and I am recording this podcast from Three Stream Studio in Homewood, Alabama. And I am once again by myself in the booth today. Now, this is not going to be another JM takeover, so don't be concerned. You don't have to hear me talking about movies and things like that. Today, I've got a very special interview that I've planned that I'm really excited about, but I find myself here in the studio by myself again. It is Thanksgiving week. Brad is on vacation. Jonathan is trying to get a day of work in before he goes on vacation. You know, we don't have anything crazy planned. We're going to stay in town. My parents live down in Westover. We're going to go down there on Thursday have Thanksgiving lunch with them, probably watch some football, probably eat too much food. It's going to be a good time. You know, we've got some things coming up at Shades that I wanted to mention briefly real quick before we get to our interview. The first thing is we've got two events that are happening back-to-back in the month of December that I wanted to let you all know about. The first one is on Saturday, December 9th. It's an all-day event, basically 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. It's going to be our Christmas market, and it's going to be here in the foyer at SVCC. We're going to have vendors, artisans are going to be selling their goods. This would be a really awesome opportunity to come out, support some local artists, and get some awesome Christmas gifts. So that's going to be Saturday, December 9th. There's no entry fee. You don't have to pay anything to get in. Come by whenever you want that day. Pick up some gifts for your loved one or that special someone. And there will also be free coffee. And who can turn down free caffeine? Am I right? Am I right? Somebody say amen. On December 10th, the SVCC Christmas Spectacular. Whoops. Let's try that again. How did that happen? The SVCC Christmas Spectacular. It returns for its seventh iteration. There's going to be live music. There's going to be a chili cook-off. There's going to be a raffle prize. There's going to be tacky sweater contest. There's going to be a bouncy house for the kids. There's going to be cookie decorating. I mean, there's even more than that. I can't even list... All of the things, because there's so much happening that night, that Sunday night, December 10th, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Now, there is a $10 entry fee per adult, so if you're 13 or older, you will have to pay the $10, but that gets you everything. It gets you the food, drinks, hot chocolate, desserts, like, it gets you everything And you also get a raffle ticket automatically that will be entered into the raffle for the prize. And then you can buy more raffle tickets at the door for $1 a ticket. Kids 12 and under are free, which is good news. Hallelujah to all the families that have a lot of kids under 12 years old. Christmas Spectacular. I am stinking pumped about this okay the angel tree just a shout out and thank you to all members of svcc that have signed up to buy gifts for this year's angel tree we are completely full we had the registration event open through church center and all the gifts 
got accounted for. You can drop those off here at the church, I believe, through the first Sunday of December. Um, I think they need to be wrapped and labeled. You can find all that information, whether it's the bulletin on Sunday morning or weekly email that we send out. Uh, You can also probably find it on Church Center with that event. So huge thank you to everyone that uh, is participating in that We had a great Advent decorating day yesterday. We had a lot of folks stick around for that. And we just decorated the building. So it just feels like Christmas up in here now. It just feels like we got trees up. We got wreaths. We got lights. Things are moving. The seasons are changing. It is approaching December 25th, that day. It is coming. And so we decorated the building. It looks great. Thank you to everyone that stuck around after the service yesterday and helped out. If you ordered an Advent wreath, this should be should be my last announcement, I believe. There's been a, a lot of announcements lately, but if you ordered an Advent wreath, you can pick that up in the back of the sanctuary uh, for the next couple of Sundays, really. I mean, the first Advent Sunday isn't until December 3rd, so you have this Sunday and the next Sunday to be able to pick it up. In time for Advent. We do have Advent devotionals that will be coming out soon. I believe those will be available uh, for pickup when you arrive on Sunday, December 3rd, I believe. I don't think they're going to be ready for this Sunday. But that will be right in time for the start of the Advent season. Okay, so those are your announcements. That's what's happening at Shades Valley. Let's see what's happening in music this week. J.M.'s Album of the Week. One of my favorite songwriters, Glenn Hansard, has a new record out called All That Was East Is West of Me Now. This track is called Short Life. This is Glenn Hansard. It's a short life. And there's so little time And there's a real risk story That we may never put these troubles to right It's a dangerous lie That we got endless time But there's a real hope hovering They get some good cause the line in the short line. We only get so much time at the Glenn Hansard is. I've been a huge fan for probably the last 15 years. He's been in a number of bands. He was in a band called The Frames. He was in a band called The Swell Season. Most famously, he was in a movie, a modern musical, him and Marquetta Erglova. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but they were, they used to be a couple and they were in The Swell Season together, actually. And they were in this movie together they had never acted before called Once. It came out in 2007. Movie blew my mind back then. And the songs in that movie that they wrote for it are incredible. So if you've never listened to that record, 
I highly recommend it. That's Once Music from the Motion Picture. This new album that just dropped has been is is has like a darker tone to it. You know, he's getting older. I think he's reflecting on his mortality. I think he's reflecting on death a little bit. And I believe he just had his first child not too long ago. I think he's in his early 50s. So he's going through a lot of changes in his life, and I think that's been reflected in some of the songwriting, some of the songs he's been putting out. He uh, is a really passionate guy. I've seen him live several times, and one of my favorite things about what he brings is his intensity, especially vocally speaking. You know, he's he's got a raw, just a raw delivery, a raw vocal tone, and so I, that's what I really appreciate appreciate about him he's very emotive in his songwriting and in the way that his songs are structured where they build and build so i think you will like this album definitely check it out it's got a lot of flavors on it and even himself as a songwriter you know he's got inspiration from bruce springsteen inspiration from van morrison so you you always get a little something different with him from album to album. This album in particular is a bit darker, is a bit more intense, but I've really been enjoying it. And it just came out this year, which is cool. So Glenn Hansard, the record is called All That Was East Is West Of Me Now. That is my album of the week. Now, I do not have a book for this week. I just didn't plan one. I'm just going to be honest. You know, it's Thanksgiving week. I've got the kids here in the office with me. I'm just trying to get as much done as I possibly can before the holidays. And so I don't have a book. I apologize. Maybe maybe you have a book. Maybe you want to write in. Maybe there's a recommendation that we need to hear about. We've had people write in with books before. I know Alec Hirsch did one time. We We've had that. So I would love to hear from you. What books are you reading right now? I mean, it is kind of coming to the end of the year, too. So all those end-of-the-year lists, the top 10s, the top 50s, all that stuff's going to be coming out soon. Maybe you've got a list yourself. Let me know. I am really excited today because I have recorded an interview with a good friend of mine, Adam Wesley. I hope... You enjoy this interview and that it ministers to you. And I hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. I'll be praying for you all. Don't eat too much turkey. Make sure you get some pie. I mean, what's your favorite, like what's your favorite food? We we asked my kid we asked these my kids this, you know, what what is your favorite thing to eat at Thanksgiving? They're very excited about the turkey. They've been asking a lot about the wishbone. Because in the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, when they have their Thanksgiving dinner, they pull apart the wishbone to make a wish. So they've been asking, like, we want to do the wishbone. I'm like, well, we're probably not getting a turkey with bones in it. So it's it's probably not going to happen. Probably going to be like a pre-sliced situation. Who knows? I don't know. It's it's up to my parents. They're the ones that are preparing it. I'm excited. What's your favorite dish? You like mac and cheese? Green beans? Sweet potato casserole, you like the dressing, the stuffing, Turduncans, so many options, so many things. We love it all. Thank you so much for listening to Midweek. I hope you enjoy this interview.
All right, Shades of Midweek. I am super excited today because I have a very special guest. He's he's not in the studio with us, uh, but his spirit is here, and he is actually over the phone with us. It's a good friend of mine. Uh, let's give a warm welcome to uh, musician, friend, husband, uh, father, uh, so many things, songwriter, producer, <laughs> engineer. His name is Adam Wesley. Let's give let's give a warm welcome to him. Adam, thanks for being here today, man. Oh man, thanks for having me. What a treat. What what do you have going on this week? Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving with my parents on Wednesday, um, and then Thanksgiving with Amy's family on Thursday. Uh, okay. we have like two football games planned. So like just like a like a turkey bowl. So like there's a the kids game first because there's like tons of cousins. Now I have four kids. Uh, my sister-in-law has four kids, and so we're just gonna put them like together and just have a football game. Just see what happens. Yes. Probably gonna be a lot of crying. <laughs> um, and then after that, we're gonna do the adult game. But there's like specific rules with that. Like if you catch the ball, you can't run. There's no tackling. Okay. Because in the past, in the past, people have ended up in the hospital. Um, very, you know, my wife's side of the family is like really athletic and competitive, and I and I'm just not. <laughs> like, told my father-in-law, I'm like, I feel like I'm the guy that you would beat up in high school. You know, like, hopefully, <laughs> you gotta kick out of that. Now, are the are the um, kids doing tackle football? Is it like two hand touch or flag? What's what's two going hand, on? It's, it's two hand touch. Two we're hand touch it, rules. We're gonna keep it, you know, safe. Uh, but the last time we did it, uh, Iris, my little four year old, she got the ball, and <laughs> someone attacked her. But like, they tripped and like took her legs out. She just like flipped over head first. Oh. Uh, so there's accidental tackles, and those are always great. Man, that sounds like so much fun. I, I remember growing up in my family, we used to have Thanksgiving football games out in the yard. Just just a good time, man. Those are memories, dude. Those are core memories right there. Yeah. Oh, they are. Totally are. And, this, you know, with my parents, we'll just sit, and I'm doing the meat. But none of us like turkey. So I got, like, this like, beer co-, co pork okay. that I'm doing, and – so that's going to be a little bit different. But my, my, my parents said, uh, man, they just didn't want to do turkey this year. So we just found an alternative. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking to some other folks, some other friends that have kind of done a turkey alternative for Thanksgiving. I, I know some people are making brisket, like smoking a brisket or something. Yeah. I mean, I get it, yeah. you know. I, I think I like it when people have their own traditions and branch out and do new things. It's hard, it's hard sometimes to get to uh, get a good turkey too because sometimes it can be too dry oh, if you don't do it right. I mean, I I'm not I'm not good at it. Last but... year? Yeah. Dude, I was in charge of turkey last year uh with Amy's side of the family and it was so stressful. <laughs> I mean, was, like our oven broke and oh, I was no. having to like I had to like quarter it, you know, not quarter it, but yeah, I had to like, you know, take it apart and then just like throw in the oven to get it to get up the temperature so no one like gets sick because i would i would never live that down you know there's, there's right. a lot of pressure <laughs> it is a lot of pressure that again. but you you know i've always been interested in trying like what is that thing called a turducken yeah turducken. i don't even know if they do that abomination anymore but it sounds sounds uh interesting 
Yeah, I've I've never had one. I've never had one, but I've I mean I've heard good things. I, I remember listening to Rick and Bubba when I was a kid. The the radio show people in the morning here in Birmingham, and they used to talk about the Turd Duncans a lot around Thanksgiving. Um, well, for those who don't know what's going on right now, Adam is a good friend of mine. We've known each other now. I guess we met what like two thousand nine? Was it two thousand ten? Yeah, I think so. Sounds about right. Uh, we were both at a church uh, at the same time together here in Birmingham, and we met each other. Adam's a musician, like I mentioned before, and so he was playing keys a lot at the time, and I was playing drums a lot, and we started to write together, actually. I don't really know how that started or how those conversations even got going, but we just decided to write music together, particularly like kind of more congregational worship music with a little bit of flair. And Adam's just been, been a good friend of mine. We, you know, it's like you have these friends in your life that sometimes, you know, you may not see them for, or talk to them for six months or a year, but like when you do get to see them or talk to them, you just pick right back up and, and it just always feels like there's so much to discuss and so much to talk about. And that's yeah. one of the, one of the things that I appreciate about Adam. And so, uh, Adam, where, where are you calling us from today? Why don't you tell everybody, uh, where you live? Well, not like your address or anything, yeah, but so, uh, about three years ago, what'd you say? I said, not like your address or anything. We don't want to dox you here on <laughs> yeah. the internet, but I mean, y'all can come up, you know, we, we, you know, there's plenty of space. About three years, so about three years ago, we were we were living in uh, Irondale, and I, you know, I, I wanted to make a change, and so I wanted to go try like you know full time freelance. So we moved up to my wife's parents' property um, into this converted barn, um, and we're living in Gadsden right now. Very cool. Yeah, for the past three years. Yeah. Bunch of land. We love it up here. This is actually where we, you know, where we're married. And you were one of my uh, groomsmen I was. in my wedding. I remember it was yeah. a beautiful wedding. That, that is a beautiful yeah. uh, piece of property up there, too, man. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm looking out my window right now in my office, and I can see the tree that we were married underneath. That's so cool, man. And you guys have, you guys have a big family. Yeah, yeah. We have four kids, Jack, nine, Reuben, seven, Abel, six, and Iris, four. It's wild, man. And we do everything in the house. So I work from home. Uh, Amy's uh, homeschooling right now. She's doing math with the boys. Nice. And every, everything's done inside, inside of this barn. Well, uh, <laughs> so... Why don't you tell people a little bit about how you grew up and maybe how you came to the faith and you know uh, what your upbringing was like? I mean, you were you were you grew up in Birmingham, correct? Yeah, yeah, grew up in Birmingham, and um, yeah, my whole life. So I was, you know, we grew up in Trustville I don't know, when I was when I was younger. It was, it was Chalksville, but I think it's, they call it Clay now. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Grew up on that side of town and um, was raised, I, I guess it's unique, I was raised Mormon. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was born in Utah and grew up out West. And, you know, she was, her whole life she was raised in, the whole side of my family is Mormon. I mean, it goes all the way back to like the first meeting in Palmyra, you know, where the, where the, I guess my fam, my mom's family's ancestors, they were in those first meetings in New York with Joseph Smith. Wow. So like, it goes so far back. And obviously they made it over to, to Utah. Um, but yeah, I was raised Mormon. My, my dad, uh, when he met, when he met my mom, um, he, no, he converted to Mormonism before he met my mom. Um, but soon after he converted, they met, got married, settled down in Georgia and then moved over to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was raised Mormon my whole life and, you know, took on the, the priesthood, the Iran priesthood, when I was like, I can't remember what age, it was like 14, something like that, baptized into when I was eight, had the priesthood. I was going to go on a mission, um, but I decided not to. <laughs> um, uh, and I think that was like the first breakaway um, that I had with my faith at the time. Interesting. So what what was it that why didn't you want to go? What was it? Was it just like teenage angsty type stuff or was it like you really had some questions about the man about uh, Mormonism? You know, I I don't think I had any questions at that point. I I, I was in a couple bands and I just didn't want to leave my band. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was for like some more dramatic reason than that but i was just like man i really believe in dorian lives <laughs> <laughs> just gonna just gonna screw up my life with this band. classic oh, story uh, classic story man i mean for those who don't yeah. know adam was in some local bands here in birmingham one was called dorian lives i know for a fact that there are people to, that go to shades valley that would remember that band that had probably <laughs> seen that band live. I know for a fact now, whether or not they listen to this <laughs> podcast or not, that's another thing. But, and then you yeah. were, you were also yeah. in, there was another band called a four notation. Yeah. Yeah. Which was oh, almost man. like kind of like math rock, I guess. Yeah. Is that, is man, that a good way love- to describe it? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it was it was really like the brainchild of this guy named Fair Halu, and oh my gosh, he's a genius, brilliant, brilliant musician. He's I'm, and he's like in bands right now, like uh, Guide Ship, uh, the hardcore band in town. Okay, and he's working on video games and all that. He's just a brilliant, creative person. Wow. He had this idea back in like middle school. He wanted to write um, video game, video game music, but uh, put screaming over it. (laughs) So it was like this whimsical, like just fantastic, you know, world that he created with this, you know, using like RPG Final Fantasy type music uh, with uh, this Hardcore sensibilities, I guess you could say. Uh, so it all had breakdowns. It's you know, it'd be like boss music, 
like you're fighting a boss like an RPG right. and then it has like this crazy breakdown. It was a lot of fun, you know. And so I I didn't want to give those things up. <laughs> right. Yeah, so to get sorry to distract, but to get back to the story. So you're in you're you're playing music, you're in these bands. Yeah. And uh, it was you know, I think I told my parents something else at the time like I just I don't know. Like that, that, that thing became more important, you know, like the, the right. music took over the importance of, of God at that point, at least the, the, the Jesus I knew at the time. Right. And, you know, got a job, you know, went on tour whenever we could recorded and, you know, all those things fizzled out, you know, the, the bands, the, the, you know, I can't remember what happened with Dorian Lives. I think I got kicked out because I wanted to do a fornication, something like that. Mm. Um, can't have any side projects. Do what? Can't have any side projects. No, yeah. Not I allowed. Mean, yeah, not allowed. No, not allowed at that time. <laughs> there wasn't really the, the balance. And I don't think I had, like, the, the, the passion for that anymore. I wanted to do the the RPG, right. that kind of music. Yeah. Um, but then, like, you know, I was working at Starbucks and um, in Trustville. Yep. And it was, I worked there for a long time, like seven years. And um, I just kept on having these interactions with people. Um, I guess because I was a barista, you see these people every day. And they would reach out to me and tell me about Jesus. And I just kept hearing um you know, growing up, I think, you know, we were taught as Mormons, you know, that, you know, we have the truth. This book, that's, you know, this God that's explained, or this, this Jesus that's explained through the Book of Mormon, through this story, is the true gospel that's been restored through Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, you're kind of raised with like this victim mentality, like, oh, the world is against us. You know, mm-hmm. there's, we have to be knowledgeable and protect our faith, so we must defend it at all costs, you know, and it just put this, um, you know, yeah, victim mentality inside inside of me to always be on the, the defense. Everybody else is wrong. Even if, like, they have a great argument, you know, they're still wrong. They're deceived. I mean, I, there was – you have so much doubt put in you, like the Bible – wasn't translated correctly and so joseph smith went back through and rewrote some verses and you know you kind of have to be skeptical of the bible itself so Mm. i think a good amount of skepticism is is healthy but like when it it goes into something that is supposed to fortify your faith it's right you know you just see everything twisted um but anyway it's working at starbucks people just coming in and just you know I guess reaching out to me about Jesus, I finally decided to just read the the gospel of John and to read it uh, outside of uh, the, the King James version that was, that was raised on. So I, I kind of took a step into a different direction and got the new King James version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, there wasn't any of these, these those and thines, um, but I just started reading the Gospel of John. I remember I was uh, 
reading it, picking up my mom from work at uh, St. Vincent's East, and it just kind of hit me that this Jesus is the one that deserves worship. Yeah. Because the Jesus that I was raised on um, was this created being. You know, we were, we, you know, Mormons believe that there's this pre existence that we were, that Jesus was created alongside of us with Lucifer, and that this um, Jesus and Lucifer had this plan, that each of them had different plans, uh, presented it to uh, Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And Heavenly Father chose Jesus' plan over Lucifer's plan. So, all that to say, this Jesus in Mormonism was created. But the Jesus I read in John chapter 1, this Jesus existed before time, mm-hmm. creation, all of that. And if something's, you know, obviously if something's created, it's just an idol. If you're worshiping mm-hmm. it, it's just an idol. But this Jesus. I wanted to worship. So I just made a decision, you know, just sitting in the car outside the hospital picking my mom, like, I want to worship this Jesus. This is this is the truth. This wow. is this is the 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 reality of this world is all things have been reconciled unto God through Christ. And that this Jesus deserves to be worshipped. Wow, dude. And That's kind so, of where my faith began. Yeah, I mean, had you like <clears throat> had you ever stepped foot like in a Christian church before or up to that point or anything <clears throat> like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, I mean I'm going in there like on the defense, like right. everybody wants to convert me. You know, so you know, my heart's not open to that. It took it took hearing uh, Jesus. The, the gospel being presented in a day-to-day interaction of and examples from people too, you know, like, Hey, I know my family. I know the people I go to church with, they are, you know, they talk like Mormons talk very scripted and to have interaction with people where like this Jesus, uh, that they're, that, you know, that Christians, are worshiping is something that's very active and alive and is continually speaking to his people, you know, that's something that I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. just seeing the, the interaction that people have with a personal relationship with Jesus. I, I can feel that lacking in my life. Mm-hmm. There's a big hole, you know, I didn't want something so scripted and thought out, you know, my whole life is just like, you know, you're, you're born, you're, you have your, blessings when you're a baby get baptized when you're eight you get the priesthood when you're 12 i think and then you get the melchizedek priesthood when you're 18 you serve a mission you come back you get a job in some you know you know you you marry you know all these girls you come back from a mission you know the everyone wants to marry return missionaries you have to serve serve a mission to get a a wife who's mormon everything is planned out Mm -hmm. so i've I truly just wanted, you know, to hear from God, but I couldn't when everything was so scripted for me, you know, so. How long did it take you to, like, talk to your parents about how you were feeling and and this, this, uh, uh this it was ri- pretty immediate. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty immediate. I, you know, I stopped going. I just, I, I think that's when I left uh, my bands. I was like, I can't. And I think I would have done things differently looking back on it. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, I can't have this same life. I have to give up everything. I have right. to give give up everything so I can focus and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I said, I think I would have done things differently. Sure looking back on it, but it's what I did, you know, it's right. what I did. So I, I just reset my whole life and got rid of all my friends wow. and uh, told my parents and it was, it was not, it did not go over well. Yeah. You know, cause to them, if I'm an apostate member, right. like, I don't know if they teach this now, but cause they keep changing how they teach stuff. But at the time, you know, I, being a apostate member, I would be so evil that I would rule over Satan uh, in the end. Like, yeah. that's how evil I would be as an apostate member. Yeah. And again, I don't know if they teach that, but growing up, that's what was taught to me. Um, and it's just so crazy. So for them, it's, it's like panic mode. It's like the worst thing in the world has just happened to them. Right. You know, like their son that they had, you know, planned on the, for his life to go, like this path has just been completely derailed. And yeah. it is, you know, they're just, I honestly, I feel it for him being a parent now. It's just, mm. you know, it is the most disappointing thing that could happen in their life. Right. And I remember one time my dad, you know, I was still living at home at the time, but this is, you know, right after this, I moved out. He comes down and he has my mom's driver's license, uh, like his, her new one and the one that's four years ago. And he shows me a picture. He, he holds it up to me. He was like, do you see the difference? I was like, no, dad, what are, you, what are you talking about? What are you trying to get at? He's like, look at what you've done to your mother. Mm. And you're possessed mm. and you're oppressing this family. And I did not handle that situation the way it should have. <laughs> yeah. I like flipped the table. I just got, you know, probably, probably proved it uh, to him in a way. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, at that moment, like, I knew that I needed to move out. I think I was like in and fuse at the time, John Mark. And I was late, and I had to like come up to you and tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I was, was I was curious like the timeline of everything because obviously, like I had mentioned before, earlier, you know, you and I had met somewhere in that I can't remember exactly, but it could have been two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in that. So I didn't know what what that timeline was. So you so you basically you're 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 coming to Church of the Highlands and you're getting involved yeah. with with the music there and in you know yeah. Adam Adam mentioned Infuse Infuse was like this mu- musician development program type of program that we had when I was there at Highlands where if new folks wanted to get involved with the worship team they would walk through this program where you could meet other folks, meet all the worship pastors, the worship team, and basically get like training on a weekly basis 
um, on what services, worship services look like at that church and what the band is like and getting used to in-ears and all of those things. So, yeah, so so it was around that time then. Yeah, it was around that time. Um, It was, yeah, I mean, it it needed to happen. You know, like, I'm not, you know, you know, I was, you know, overstaying my welcome at that point. Mm. And so moved out, moved in with a friend and, you know, just got myself involved with church, you know, did the small group, did the, did all that, just jumped in and did as much as I could. Like my whole life just basically revolved around church at that point. Right. And, you know, decided to go to school, you know, get a, get a degree because, uh, you know, wanted to be, I, I wanted to go to seminary because uh-huh. I don't think it's turned out, but <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. So I put myself through school, worked, um, and, oh, that was a wonderful experience too. You know, I think just being like a new believer and knowing, you know, really just having to like, reset my brain from like you know you you could say that it's like this is like a literal deconstruction of your faith you know like right right from what from what like i grew up like (laughs) believing to you know completely turn you know turning it around right and questioning everything you know it's like happening seeing it through new eyes too yeah going to the bible they were taught to be suspicious of and seeing it as truth. That was, that was, you know, honestly, you know, I'll put it like this, you know, there's a, I think I told Amy this, like on one of our first dates, cause we were just talking about, uh, the Holy spirit, the gifts of the Holy spirit, mm-hmm. uh, as you do on first dates, <laughs> And <laughs> you just gotta know where you stand on some things. You know what I'm saying? I'm with and, you. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just kind of like looking back on like how just like from one, one moment I believed wholeheartedly that Joseph Smith had restored the true gospel on the earth to wholeheartedly believing, just making one decision that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and that mm. all things have been reconciled unto him and belief in his resurrection and his life and all of, you know, in that the Bible tells us who this Jesus is and to take it as my own, yeah, as a, being a, you know, being a part of the church now as my own story and to study it, you know, realizing that the gift of faith was given to me. Like there's no doubt, like mm-hmm. there's, there's no way that I could doubt that this is truth. Like I, I still can't even going through what we've gone through over the past three years. Like I still right. cannot turn away from that. It, it feels physically impossible. Wow. I'm just so grateful for that, you know, cause I don't know how else I would have done it, right. but the Holy spirit just mm-hmm. intervening into my life, giving me, uh, you know, I guess I'll claim it as a gift to just turn away from that completely. Mm-hmm to reset my mind on what is true and beautiful and the way that things truly are 
you know, so. Yeah, what a beautiful testimony. I don't even man. know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's awesome, man. And so you're, so you come to Highlands. We we meet each other. You shortly after that, you meet Amy. Um, you guys get married, and uh, you 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 put yourself through school and all of that. And then eventually, you start working at at Highlands, and yeah. you you worked there for how many years? Were you there? Oh, I mean, you know, I think it was seven. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was maybe everything in my mind is seven. Just like, <laughs> you know, the year of Jubilee comes around. I'm just like, let's just reset. Time my for life. a reset. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. All that forgiven. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, yeah. So I worked at Highlands, you know, worked on the, the worship team i think it started off just like writing string parts for like the chapel service but it just quickly evolved into producing music um for highlands the original worship songs and then someone someone asked me to write some music for one of their videos for like a sermon series opener and that's when i started working with media for the first time gotcha um and that's you know, where I really cut my teeth into working with video, motion graphics, you know, sound design, composition. Um, and yeah, that's where all that started. Well, that's what I'm doing now, you know, right? not Highland, but right. just, you know, working with, you know, media composition, you know. Well, I want to hear more about you as a, as a composer and, and all of that. But first, we're going to do this thing that we do here at Shades Midweek. Okay. And it's called a lightning round. <laughs> I know it sounds really intense. <laughs> okay. Don't be af- I, I do not I'm, be afraid. I'm a little nervous, honestly. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to ask you some random questions, somewhat rapid fire it's just, it's just, you know, the point is to get to know you a little better to, for our audience to get to know you a little better. And it's really just to yeah. have some fun. All right. So here we go. Adam, okay. how, how do you like your eggs? Uh, soft scrambled. What, what's your favorite coffee place to go to in Birmingham? Uh, uh, gosh, uh, place downtown June. There you go. June. I love it. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Uh, Prague. Prague. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Do, <laughs> do, do aliens exist? <laughs> <laughs> this is just an, your opinion. Do, do aliens exist? <laughs> I want them to. <laughs> you ever seen any? Up, you ever you know? seen anything strange in the sky out there on your in your farm in Gadsden? No, uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> a bald eagle every now and then, uh-huh. you know. But nothing. No lightning streaks, you know. Not no no streaks through the sky or floating balls or you know all that alien stuff. Right. Not yet, at least. But. I, you know. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Hey, who favorite concert that you've ever been to? Uh, Billy Joel, Elton John. Oh my Space, gosh. Space was that, uh, was that BJCC or where was that at? Yes, absolutely. It was my first concert. That was your first concert first, ever. The first concert ever. Billy Joel, Elton John. Were you big play- Billy Joel fan back in the day? Were you playing piano at that time? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was. I was going through a big Billy Joel like obsession. I was trying to learn all of his all of his songs on piano. Um, he's from Italian restaurant. Still rules. Yeah, that's my favorite song. Yeah. Man, what a wild show! And did they did they use this? Did they share a band? How did they do that? They did, yeah. So they had like their their two grand pianos just like tucked into each other, all cute. And then they had like a band behind them that played. And did they did so they, they alternate just, songs or did they one, alternated? They oh alternated. They gosh. alternated sets, and then they played some songs together. I mean, amazing. every song. Every single song is a hit between those two. I mean, that's just insane, dude. It is insane. It was insane. All right, what's your favorite instrument to play? Uh, the computer. <laughs> <laughs> very 2023 totally now. What'd you say? That's a very 2023 answer, the computer. I know. Like, I, you know, I used to sit down at the piano and just play. And I, obviously, I still do, and I love to have a piano in my my studio. But like, I've kind of handicapped myself. I'm so dependent on the computer. <laughs> I get it, man. It's it's uh, it's the age that we live in. Um, oh, let me let me let me say this. Let yeah. me say uh, synthesizer. Synthesizer. Poly Six is my favorite. Mm-hmm. That if you want to use that one to make me sound a little Cork Poly Six uh, more sophisticated, you know. Yeah, that's cool. What was the first car that you owned? Uh, nineteen ninety three Nissan Maxima, cobalt blue. Cobalt blue. Loved. It. It's still going. My my half brother in Georgia is still driving it. No kidding. Yep. That's fantastic. All right. Um, yep. how fast have you ever driven in a car before? Uh, a hundred and ten, I think. I got this Acura. My cousin Chris was like, "Hey, let me uh, let me see how fast I can take this thing." So we went on uh, 59 from Trustville, uh, going towards Gaston. He just floored it. I didn't go. I I didn't go that fast. I was just sitting in the car, freaking out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's never driven my car since. What's the weirdest local show that you've ever played? Maybe something strange okay. happened. Maybe a weird venue. It, it's up to you. There was a place in Edgewood called Cool Beans. Yeah. And and for some reason, I don't know why, but like uh, someone booked a show uh, with Cartel. Mm-hmm. And Dorian lives when I was in the band. We played that show. And it was just a small, smaller coffee shop. And this is like when Cartel was getting big. Yeah. And people were just like out, I mean, filling up this, this, you know, coffee shop. And then they were like out in the street in Edgewood. And it was, it was just crazy. 
Like that was, I, I'm like, we probably need a bigger venue, but it worked. You know, it was a fun show. Did Cartel, was, really was it like a full band for Cartel too? Like a full band yeah. show? Oh yeah, absolutely. I remember that show. I had some friends that went to it. I did not go, but I, that was like a real big deal when it happened. I remember that. Yeah. I don't know how we got on it. There's like, but Dorian lives on it. I'm like, okay. All right, so you're going to have a dinner party, and you can invite three guests to your dinner party, and they can be dead or alive, and um, but no one from the Bible. We're going to just you know exclude that. So anyone in history, dead or alive, you have three guests. Who are you inviting? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I know uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Because uh, that would be crazy. Um, who, who are the next guests? <laughs> um, let's just say, uh, oh, dude, why am I drawing? This, this lightning round is not, my brain is not going like that. I told okay, you, it Roosevelt, may not, yeah, I told you it may not be rapid fire, so. Um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, um, we'll do, uh, John Walton, uh, and gosh, I'm trying to think of even just like a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Arnold, let's do that. Oh, nice, very cool. That's like, yeah, that's that's in your wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> what a weird, cool. <laughs> It'd be a great a dinner party. party. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, real quick, maybe like one or two more. What is your favorite restaurant to go to when you're in Birmingham? Uh, Helen. Helen. All right. Last question. Is double dipping acceptable, ever acceptable at a party or ever? Um, well, not ever, but at a party is double dipping acceptable <laughs> at a party. No, no way. All right. All right. That Thanks. was the lightning round. Thank you, Adam. You survived. <laughs> I survived. Sorry. My, my brain's not going like that. I don't think I ate breakfast. Why would I do that? You just Are you just rocking on some caffeine right now? You got the... Yes. I do it all the time. I just forget to eat breakfast, lunch, and I'm like, why am I... Why do I feel like I'm about to collapse onto the floor? Um haven't well i'm i'm not a huge I, I do love breakfast like i love breakfast foods but i don't always eat breakfast i just uh, sometimes i'll just skip and then you get that you get those caffeine jitters you know and you're like oh, oh man, yeah i need something well uh let's catch some folks up to speed on kind of what you're doing now what you've been doing the last few years so obviously you had uh, mentioned before that you had worked at Highlands for seven years and you, you guys left there. So you were in Birmingham, yeah. you moved to Gadsden and you basically start making independent music. And I guess before, before you had made that move though, you said you really started to do some, some composition work. Yeah. So it was like composition work and what you're doing now, was that something that you always wanted to do or it sort of just introduced itself and as you got into that world, you realized, oh, wow, I'm good at this. I really have a really have a passion for this. There's a movie that came out called The Fountain yeah. by Darren Aronofsky. 
And uh, and I think even before I saw the movie, I uh, dropped the soundtrack because Clint Mansell did the soundtrack and I loved uh, Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I remember getting the CD and putting it in my 93 Nissan Maxima and really just listening to it for the first time and understanding that this is something that I wanted to do. So it was always like a desire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right after that, I got Reason 3. Oh, yeah. And I started making these uh, just not even knowing what I'm doing, just like messing around uh, in Reason, you know, composing, messing around with ground, you know. Um, and it became something that was always kind of on the back burner. It, became, it was always the desire, like, hey, here's the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't even think that would be possible. You know, like I was, you know, you always hear you have to move off someplace, move off to like Nashville, LA, New right. York, these hubs where the activity and the jobs are. Um, so it was something I always like desire to do. So when I was asked to start writing music for media, I was like, this is kind of goes along with desires of my heart and I would like to figure out how to do it. Now it being now it being our the way that I take care of my family, that was never in a million years um thought I never thought that was gonna be possible. Mm-hmm. You know? I always thought that was something I could just do on the side. Right. Um because you know my plan was to get a degree go to seminary uh i really wanted to focus in on biblical languages greek hebrew uh and to to read the bible in its original text like Mm -hmm. that was i remember like telling amy's parents when i met them like this is what i want to do that's what i'm planning for um but after amy i got married you know i was offered a job to do this and i was like hey this is a job you know we're about to move to, to a different state um, but then I got the job from Highlands and I was like, okay, this is what I need to be doing. So I kind of derailed that plan. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I just, it was always something. So when I started doing it, uh, I, I thought that this was it, like that I'm going to be doing this, you know, working at a church, writing music, you know, this was the end all be all. And, you know, Thankfully, it wasn't. So you guys moved to Gadsden a few years ago, and you're—I mean, this is all you do now. This is like your full-time job is composition work yeah. and writing and producing. Yeah. So I started off like, you know, uh, just producing. So I got to produce for a couple people, um, and that kept—you know—that kept us busy at the first few months. But uh, I got in touch with like this audio engineer in town that was doing work on set, and you know I was just trying to figure out ways in, in Birmingham, not in Gaston, right. but in Birmingham. I was trying to figure out ways of just you know I just need to do everything. Like I need to produce, I need to write music, I need to um, need to work on set, doing audio. So I got in touch with him, and he put me on set. You know. Uh, recording audio for commercials or, you know, interviews, uh, whatever. 
And at the time, I was just writing for like music for library companies that people could purchase and sync the music and mm-hmm. put it in commercials. You know, it's a good thinking from that. Um, but really, like getting on that because you know, I was thinking I was like, okay, I want to write music for advertising. You know, and I know that there's like a lot of wonderful advertising agencies in Birmingham. How do I get in front of them? Because the, those creative directors, those decision bankers aren't sitting on social media. So I can't really become like a social media. I can't, I really didn't feel like the draw to market myself on social media as like a producer, composer, all right. that. I probably should. But the, the decision makers aren't sitting on social media. They're on set working. Like, How can I get in front of these people? So I started doing audio uh, and, you know, that's where I really like, started meeting people and just started developing relationships and eventually turned into clients. And, you know, I get to work with some wonderful people in town uh, in advertising. And I love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Are you, are you good? Do you need to, do you need to handle anything? <laughs> no, just Ruben's like, there's a bathroom right in my office, and he's like, Mom, I need toilet paper. <laughs> Poor guy. Just stuck in there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, and you've been doing this work now for several years, and uh, one thing that I know that you've been excited about that I have seen you post on social media about has been some solo work that you've been releasing that I really, yeah. I really wanted to make people aware of this. So you put out a record in July called watching our mothers pray and it's uh, an yeah. instru- instrumental EP. And then it looks like there's a, there was another one as well uh, later this year, actually more recently here in October called three years at bird song cottage. Uh, and that's another instrumental yeah. EP. You want to tell us about those records? Yeah. So I, you know, I, during all this time, like I was really writing just a ton of music and I was mostly feeding it to library companies. And then, you know, then I was working with agencies for custom music. And I kind of felt like, okay, I'm a, you know, a media composer. Like I'm writing music for advertising, but I have no music release. And so right. um, I just went through my catalog and, you know, I would experiment with things and, you know, what is, what is like, this sounds sound like going through a bunch of guitar pedals or, you know, resampling it through a synthesizer. Um, and, you know, so I kind of just gathered things together. So I had like, you know, I'm like, okay, all these songs go together. Um, and that was for all three of these, they kind of work the same. So, you know, I did watching your mother's pray. Then we brought the darkness. And That's then right. three years of Bird Song Cottage, pretty close together. Yeah. So I had a bunch of ambient experimentation there where I was putting orchestra through guitar pedals and looping it. Um, and so that's what became Watching Our Mother's Pray. We Brought the Darkness was a series of like short film scores that I did for the state of Alabama. That was target, you know, it was, the goal was to put basically like a new DARE program into schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and to educate people on uh, opioid addiction. And so that was one album. And then uh, Three Years of Birth on Cottage, 
I gathered all the things I've been writing for, like strings and piano, and put them together. And then process for all of them, I was like, okay, how can I tell a story with these? You know, like watching our mothers pray, you know, it was really like, how can I create space for these things to exist? And so I started recording in uh, some outdoor, like, ambient, and how can I tell a story with this? And so that was using, like, sound design and ambient music. Um, but really, like, the power the power of the, the album came in when, because, I mean, it's just an instrumental album. Mm-hmm. Like, if you listen to the song, you're like, oh, this is great. But really spending, like, a lot of thought behind the titles of the tracks and mm-hmm. then the titles of the album because that's where you know still uh, firmly believes that words create worlds and so if i can put the right words to this music to this album uh that's instrumental given the given the titles then that can create a space for those songs to live in and hopefully can invite people in to enjoy it, listen to it. Um, that's kind of the process for everything. I wish it was like, you know, <laughs> a little bit different uh, in the way that like, I really wanted to like intentionally write these things, but more so it's just organizing it and um, giving it the right titles. That was, you know, for me, that was like really powerful. Like three years of birth on cottage, you know, I've gathered all these songs together and, you know, I realized if I ordered them this way and gave them these titles, it really told a story. Um, and you can, and you can feel that too. Um, at least I hope you can. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's another project that, that you have as well that you've released music through. You want to tell us about that? Oh Yeah. I need to, I need to figure out what that thing is. Um, yeah. So, you know, like it was, so Lemuria is like my attempt at experimenting with Christian hymns, Yeah. you know, and just getting a bunch of different people together. And I love doing that. I love just getting different people together with their talents and just mixing it up and just, seeing what happens it is you get some of the craziest results if you can accept them like mm-hmm. if you can accept the decisions that are made creatively uh and, and embrace what each person offers uh you get these wild results so it was like um you know pulling in people like my friend mario my friend anthony bethany and uh and then just and then myself and just mixing it together and just seeing what happens. And they're, they're wild. They're like some really interesting reimagining of hymns. You know, I put one of my personal songs out on it, but it kind of just, I need to, I need to really focus in on that because it's it really cool. It's really cool. But yeah, dude. that was like more of the producing side, more of the composition side. It's been my main focus right now. I got you. No, they're, they're super cool. Yeah. There's, there's some great, him arrangements uh for those who want to check that out lemuria is that how you pronounce it lemuria lemuria and uh you yeah. can you can find you can find all these albums that we talked about you can find all these streaming anywhere 
the instrumental stuff that was mentioned before, you can find that under J. Adam Wesley on Spotify, Apple Music, all, all the places. And then um, some of those hymns we talked about, you can find those as well. I'll put all the links and stuff in the show notes for everybody. And uh, hopefully some people will will stream those for you, man. Do you have anything for sale? Do you do you have any merch? What do you have? You have got you got a website or anything, Adam? What's going on? Uh, man, not really. Like I, you know, I probably need to get that together. Uh, more so, just you know, Amy and I when when we, when we first met, like we talked a lot about what we can offer. You know as a family. And so we have a family saying, saying, you know, uh, the, you know, the Wesleys bring the beauty of the kingdom of God upon the earth. And she was a ballet dancer. She was professional, uh, way more creative and artistic than I am. Um, and so we were focused on that. And, you know, these may be like instrumental albums, but I do believe no, like three years of Birdsville Cottage, it was, it, its intention is to kind of like wrap up our family's three years in like six months mm. and to really realize that um, there's comfort in the spaces that we occupy mm. and there is uh, a wonderful blessing that comes from having a shelter, but really you know, the family that you are a part of. And that can mean, you know, everybody has different situations, but the family that you are a part of is the shelter that you are always looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, kind of why the last song has like this audio clip of Ruben and I sitting on the couch talking. He just telling me how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that kind of love, just this unconditional love that you have in your family setting is the shelter that we all need, you know, to, you know, keep us safe because everything else changes, you know, where you live changes. So your friends change, you know, the distance between your friends, distance between your family changes, Mm -hmm. but like that immediate. And I just really wanted to try to convey that instrumentally with some idols of where we live right now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. I hope everybody can see why I love Adam so much and just how much I treasure his friendship. And uh, I just so, so excited and happy for you and Amy and the family and that um, God just is speaking to you on a daily basis, clearly working through you and through your family and, uh, yeah, just it just fills my heart up to see people that I love so much that are just doing uh, what the Lord has called them to do and doing it boldly um, and with conviction and with vi- with a, with a distinct vision and direction as well. Um, so yeah, man, just just love you guys so much. I love the Wesleys. Oh, you know, and, and you know. Uh, randomly for those who don't know to try to make a connection point here last year here at shades we hosted an incredible singer songwriter for a concert for a show andy squires we've talked a lot about him on the podcast so most people know who he is mm-hmm. but uh adam here was 
my friend was the one that had actually initially reached out to me and said that Andy was looking to do a show in Birmingham and Adam was like the connector for that whole thing. And so if you guys, if you, if you attended that show or whatever, you definitely have Adam, uh, to thank for that because he's the one that contacted me and said, Hey man, I, I don't, I don't know if you still give to Andy or not, but I know at the time Adam was a patron and had gotten to know Andy had met him at some other shows that Andy had played in Alabama. And, he was kind of the one that that hooked us up with that whole thing, and uh, which has just yeah. been really awesome. So that that's sort of like a connection as well for those who uh, maybe don't know who Adam is. But uh, <laughs> man, we need we need to do something together. We need to uh, yeah. hang out at some point, and I don't know, write some music again at some point down the road. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well. Uh, if you guys have any questions for Adam, uh, just email us at midweek at shadesvalley.org. Check out his music, support his music, stream it as much as you can. We are in the age of digital streaming. Uh, it's not always easy for creators uh, to get fairly compensated for the work that they do and the just the, the man hours and the time. Uh, it can be difficult uh, when really the main source of that is through streaming. So please check out his music, stream it uh, whenever you get an opportunity. And uh, yeah, just send him some love. Follow, I'm sure he's on, you know, he's on Instagram. So you can, you can find Jay Adam Wesley on Instagram yeah. and socials and all that stuff. Give him a follow. Um, he's normally posting stuff that he's putting out. So yeah, man. Thank you, Adam, for coming and uh, or, and well, not coming. Man, thanks today, for having but me. For being here on the phone. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah. I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Email us uh, here at Shades Midweek, and we will see you next time.